This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast that tackles issues surrounding your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell, and today we're going to talk about an often ignored aspect of your health, that's sleep. Scott Ross is a family medicine physician with MidMichigan Physicians Group and sees patients at his offices in Midland. We asked Dr. Ross, how much sleep does an adult really need? On average, an adult should get between seven and nine hours of sleep a night, ideally somewhere near eight. And that does vary. Some people need as little as seven and as much as nine. Most people feel best with about eight consecutive hours of sleep a night, but some do better with six or seven with a nap during the day, especially as we get older, napping is much more common. I've always heard that the older you get, the less sleep you need generally. Is that true or not? That's not actually true. You do need about the same amount of sleep. It's just more common that you break your sleep up with a nap or two during the day. How do I know when I'm not getting enough sleep? What happens to my body? When you're not getting enough sleep, you can have a lot of short-term effects as well as long-term effects. So if you don't get enough sleep for about a week or two, you start feeling less alert, having some trouble with memory, remembering names. It can cause some stress in relationships. You just don't feel good and you really increase your risk for getting into car accidents and other problems along those lines. If you don't get sleep for more than a few weeks at a time, it can cause really long-term problems like high blood pressure, diabetes, heart attack, heart failure, stroke, and can lead to worsening obesity and depression. And a lot of those associated problems end up causing you to have even less sleep. Exactly, especially the medications we use to treat those problems. For instance... So a lot of people who need medications for high blood pressure can cause you to feel more sleepy during the day and having a harder time falling asleep at night. You may have to adjust the timing of those medications. What are some common myths about sleep that you would like to render untrue? So the most common myth that we'd like to render untrue is that you don't need less than about seven hours of sleep. Even if you're feeling rested when you wake up in the morning after five and a half hours of sleep, your body actually does need more than that over time. Another big common misconception is that alcohol helps you sleep. Alcohol does help put you to sleep, but it's got a reaction where you wake up in the middle of the night and get less restful sleep overall. So avoiding alcohol before bed actually does help you get better sleep. Really? So that the hot toddy before bedtime may be a short-term solution to getting to sleep, but not a long-term solution for keeping better sleep throughout the night. Absolutely. The same thing is true for most sleep aids. The sleep aids that are sold over the counter help you fall asleep, but again, don't help you get restful sleep through the night. A lot of people still think snoring is funny. I I personally don't (laughs) think snoring is funny because I can peel the paint off walls. (laughs) Yeah, my wife doesn't think snoring's funny either um, for the same reason. Snoring can be dangerous. So someone who's snoring and feeling not rested in the morning should really speak with their physician about being evaluated further along those lines. Snoring is a sign of what condition? Can be a sign of sleep apnea where you don't breathe effectively in your sleep. But specifically if the snoring stops for periods of time might be a better indication of whether or not a person has apnea. That is most common. (laughs) How do you define sleep apnea? Sleep apnea is a condition where your body doesn't get enough oxygen and stops breathing and can cause significant damage long term, such as worsening high blood pressure, obesity, and even death if it gets very bad. What are some other common sleep disorders and what are their causes? Sure. Restless leg syndrome is another really common sleep disorder that goes on. That's one where your body feels like your legs need to move. You need to get up, walk around before bed. It can be very disturbing in sleep and wake you from sleep. The best way to combat that is to take an iron supplement during the day over the counter or to stretch regularly before bed. Some other sleep disorders that can occur are insomnia. To 50% of people to have some trouble falling asleep at some point in their lives. Short term, that's not really a problem and can be combated with lots of different ways. But long term, that can lead to problems with sleep and should be discussed with a physician. Other things that can happen include 
narcolepsy where you're falling asleep during the day, sleepwalking, sleep terrors, and teeth grinding, especially in kids. Having a young person in the home can also affect my sleep schedule. What do you tell new parents that aren't getting the amount of sleep they need because they're getting up for the three o'clock feeding? The best recommendation I can give new parents is to sleep when the baby is sleeping. If the baby's taking frequent naps through the day, you're going to have to do that to catch up on your sleep as well. Trying to find ways to sleep in shifts if you've got both parents at home is excellent. If you're not able to sleep in shifts, taking some time at least once a week to find someone who can watch the baby so you can get a good eight hours of uninterrupted sleep. Eight hours is like that sweet spot, that ideal amount of sleep. Can you break that up into three or four sleeps during a 24-hour period and still make up your time? Adults have a really hard time with that. They can try, and that does help, and that's why we tell people with young babies to do that, but it's not as good as a longer stretch of uninterrupted sleep. So the Alexander Graham Bells of the world, who reportedly worked for like 20, 30 hours at a time and napped in between, those are rare. Those are very rare. That's a rare human being that can do that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Are there remedies for helping me get better sleep that don't require medication? Absolutely. In fact, most patients who come to see me, I give them a whole discussion about sleep hygiene and how to better improve your sleep long before we talk about medications or other workup. The biggest thing that you can do is stay to a sleep schedule. That's where you go to bed about the same time every night, wake up about the same time every morning, and you should keep your schedule through the weekends because it actually helps you maintain that schedule along the, the week. You should pay attention to what you eat and drink, like we talked about, avoiding alcohol before bed and avoiding heavy meals in the evening definitely helps you sleep better. Creating a restful environment in a room that's ideal for sleeping, cool, dark, no distractions in that room, a room that you don't do much else in besides sleep is the best place to sleep, if that's at all possible. Limiting your daytime naps to only when you're feeling tired. Incorporating regular physical activity is essential for getting good sleep. If you can get 30 minutes of activity earlier in the day, that'll really help you sleep more effectively at night. What's the window? How late can I get away with my evening walk before it's causing the reverse effect of helping me sleep? Usually about an hour to two hours before sleep, you should cease any significant physical activity. So for people who wake up in the middle of the night and have trouble falling asleep, and that's got to be a common thing, what do you recommend for them? The best thing to do is to attempt to fall back asleep for about five to 10 minutes at most. If you're not able to fall back asleep immediately, you should get up and do something else for a short period of time. Restful in a darkened area, such as reading or relaxing, then come back to the bed to sleep. The longer that you're laying in bed trying to fall asleep, the harder it is to actually get to sleep. I wonder how much effect on my sleep the amount of screen time I have late at night has on me. Screen time is absolutely horrible for sleep. Any screen time within 30 minutes before sleep, and that's iPads, tablets, phones, or television. Even if you got the low light setting on your phone? Even with a low light setting, it does interfere with your ability to fall asleep. So put the machines away, put the screens away. What about reading? Reading doesn't have a backlit screen. Reading without a backlit screen is Unless, excellent. of course, you're on one of those little electronic reader things. Exactly. Get a book. Yep. Now, if we're still having problems and I'm working my sleep hygiene schedule really well, Are there sleep clinics that deal with these issues that you talked about? Absolutely, there are sleep clinics that can help with that. The first place that I usually send most of my patients is to a counselor who specializes in sleep medicine. And they can give you relaxation techniques, progressive muscle relaxation, cognitive techniques to how to progressively think about things to help you fall asleep and sleep significantly better. And then if that doesn't help and you're diagnosed with a sleep disorder, we do have sleep disorder clinics available. What does a sleep disorder clinic look like? What's going to happen to me if I check in for the night? Usually you check in 
for the night. We hook you up with a bunch of probes to monitor your sleep, your heart rate, your breathing. You're measured while you're sleeping overnight. All of my patients tell me they don't think they're going to be able to fall asleep, but I can tell you almost everybody who goes there manages to fall asleep at some point. We measure the amount of times that your legs move, the amount of times that you're breathing, and then all that information is put together to figure out exactly why you're having trouble sleeping and what we can do to help you. So really, it's a matter of testing for all the different kinds of sleep disorders you all kind of have to test them the same, don't you? Amount of movement during the night, breathing, heart rate, all that stuff. We've all got to measure them while you're sleeping. If I'm having trouble sleeping, at what point do I know that I need to see a doctor? If you feel like it's interfering with your daily life and you've tried some of the sleep hygiene techniques, that's the best time to come in and talk to your doctor. The really worrisome signs where you should come into a doctor sooner is if you're snoring to the point where someone's hearing you stopping breathing at night, you should come in and be evaluated even sooner. That's Dr. Scott Ross, family medicine physician with MidMichigan Physicians Group in Midland. As always, if you have health concerns, the best place to check is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to midmichigan.org doctors. To learn more about sleep health and sleep disorders, go to midmichigan.org sleep. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again soon for another edition of Health Dose.